get ready for a transformation. But in this kingdom, we start growing. We are replacing those carnal thoughts with the word of God. Our minds are renewed to the word of God. At that time, glory, glory, glory. So when we are speaking, we are speaking from knowledge. Or you wake up and say, Hey, Bunga Fish, Angari, glory to God. I took it in the dream. I will never take it in life. In the name of Jesus. Say, I'll never be poor. Ah! Jesus Christ. Pay attention to everything I'm going to show you. Another life-changing moment with Apostle Peters. Fifth chapter, book of Romans. Reading from the seventh verse. It says, For scarcely for a righteous man will one die. You hardly find somebody who wants to die for a righteous man. So the guy is so righteous. And he needs somebody to die for him. Will you? Okay. Even for some, uh, they ask the mother to sacrifice her life for the child. Only a rare occasion. Will you see a mother that will say, all right? <laughs> the other ones will shift back. I say, can't we have another? But now look at what the Bible is saying. The Bible says, it's curse for you to find somebody to die for a righteous man not to even talk of a good man then the next verse says but god commended his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners not when we had become righteous while you were still a sinner can you imagine god showed his love towards you the bad you while you were yet a sinner you see, some people try to think that their work of righteousness is what is making God to love them. They think the reason why God love, loves them is because they are not sinning. They are living right. Uh, and the rest. That's not why God loves you. He loves you because of himself. It's not because of you. If God loves us because of what we have done or what we are doing, then something is wrong with that love. In the sense that the day you don't do right, he doesn't love you. You get that. But he's smarter than any human being. So he chose to love you not for your for you, for your sake, for, for his sake, for himself. For God so loved the world, that popular verse of the scripture. How many of you did it in your secondary school or primary school? Were you ever taught three, John 3 16? John 3 16. Okay. Chorus it for God. Uh-huh. You still have a few that's <laughs> okay. For he so loved the world that he gave. You see, for the world pleased him and they changed, they repented, and so he gave. No, that's not what the Bible says. The Bible says he so loved the world. It was love that drove God to give his son. And the Bible also reveals that when his son showed up, it was love that made him live the kind of life he lived. Jesus, every expression of Jesus was love. He went about healing the sick, expression of love. He couldn't, he couldn't see somebody sick or pained. It would get to him. The Bible says several times that he had compassion on them, on the people. Say hallelujah. I'm trying to show you the love of Jesus for us. 
And Jesus lived his life like this. And the Bible says when he was about to round off his ministry, one day he was talking to his disciples. Then he said something. That was how we got to know what is the demonstration of the greatest love. Listen, no human being can demonstrate this kind of love except by the help of the Spirit. Let me show you that love. John chapter number 15. And go to the 13th verse. He says, Greater love hath no man than this. This is the greatest love in the whole world. That a man lay down his life for his friends. Listen, people treasure their lives so much. Even when the guy is suffering, bring poison and say, drink it. Say, ah, are you crazy? Ah, if there is life, there is hope. They treasure their life so much. In fact, the Bible says, no man yet ate himself. The reason why you see some of them commit suicide is because they love themselves so much and they can see that this situation is dealing with them badly. They can see. So he can't watch himself con continue suffering like this. So he loved himself so much. So he said, I can't continue watching myself suffer. So he takes his own life because he doesn't want to continue suffering in the hope that he has a better place to go to. You see, he loves himself so much he can't imagine watching himself suffer. But for somebody to die for someone else, listen, it's only in your own video that you are watching. And the lies that they tell you. You know that guy comes and say, I love you so much. I can do anything for you. And the girl is blushing. <laughs> I can lay down my life for you. So, somebody said it before by the name Peter. He said to Jesus, I will lay down my life for you. Jesus said, you? By the time the call cruise three times, you have denied me. <laughs> Peter said, I would never. Uh, Jesus said, not even once. You deny me 30 times. Peter said, I would never. Master, I would never do it. And did he? He did, big time. A little girl made him deny Jesus. Somebody that wanted to lay his life down. <laughs> we'll get there shortly. This is the greatest love that anybody can offer to lay down his life to make you live that one decide to die do you understand he wants you to enjoy life and so he dies that's the greatest love and the only one that has proven that successfully out of being selfish is jesus and you know what jesus didn't just lay down his life for you to live he gave you a better life also and made provision for you to enjoy this life that is giving you good provision only jesus did that that's the greatest love anybody can ever manifest no greater love than this boy i love jesus say it that's why i like th that song oh how i love jesus oh love jesus oh love jesus because he first loved me. What, what kind of love is that? Who can prove this kind of love? Only Jesus can. He laid out his life, gave himself for you. Greatest love.
they could ever be. I said only the Spirit of God can make you do that or demons. Demons can drive someone crazy and make him lose his mind. I said, I will die for you. I will die for you until they take his life. Or the Spirit of God can inspire you through love. And you say, I'll do it. But brothers and sisters, you are not advised to do it because Jesus already did it for you. If you do it, you miss fulfilling your purpose. You see, you won't be able to fulfill your purpose on earth. Don't be that foolish. You were not born to die for someone else. Jesus was the one that was born to die for someone else. Can you hear that? How many of you caught what I just said? Uh -huh, okay. So he said, I refuse to be foolish. Good. So since we are not supposed to do it or we can't do it, Jesus already did it. He's the one that demonstrated that greatest love. And then he laid down his life. The Bible says in, in the book of Hebrews, chapter number 2. Let's read that quickly before we begin to fly in this place. Hebrews chapter number 2. Reading from the ninth verse. The Bible says that Jesus, now he's talking about Jesus. But we see Jesus, who was made a little lower than the angels for the suffering of death, for the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor, that he, by the grace of God, should taste death for every man. Jesus tasted death for every man. Do you know what that means? Did you know that if not because of you, Jesus didn't, he didn't need to die, he, he wouldn't have died? He tasted death for every man. He tasted death for me. Amazing. Oh, hallelujah. How many of you? That should steer you. That means there must be something about you. Or what do you think? Have you ever gone to the market to pay more to get something you want to, for the ladies you want to buy a bag and then you're trying to purchase the bag and they said it's five thousand and i say i will give ten have you ever done that you beat it down why i will tell you why the reason why you're saying you are the reason why you're beating it down is because you looked at the value of the bag say ah, ah. something that when i get to so and so i will just bend down plenty of them i'll pick i'll even get two five yeah. why you looked at the value but brother if somebody brought you a bag a gucci bag real one original leather and says i just want to sell this for five thousand naira actually it was sent to me from abroad and it's worth fifty thousand naira okay and uh, but i just want to sell it because i really need money now my auntie sent it to me so i really need money now you say how much do you say it's worth he said oh, it's fifty thousand naira. say how much do you say i should take it for he says maybe five thousand probably or ten thousand naira <laughs> you won't want to price it see <laughs> because why you know the words so you go about <laughs> Uh, 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 just help me keep the bag. I'll be contributing money. If I don't have, you I'll get it. You know why? Because you know the real value. Now, if you as a human being, you're that smart. What do you think about God? You think God is a bad investor? So you mean God will give Jesus to get you that you are nothing? No, He didn't. He thinks that you're so special. Jesus thinks that your life is as precious as His. And so he gave his life in exchange for your life. Oh, say hallelujah. hallelujah. Oh, I am special. I'm special. Ah. 
Glory to God. I will never be poor in my life. I will never be a pauper. I will never be weak in my life. In the mighty name of Jesus. Because I know what Jesus has done for me. And I do not take it for granted. Hmm. So he tasted death for me. Now, important point. Jesus faced three things for us. Number one, he was cursed for us. He was cursed for us. Galatians chapter number three. Verse 13 to 14. Jesus was cursed for us. Galatians 3, 13. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Being made a curse for us. Did you see that? He was made a curse for us. For it is written, Cursed is everyone that hanged on the, on the tree. It's a curse to have someone hang on the tree. When they wanted to humiliate a criminal in those days, they wanted to really shame that criminal, humiliate him. The highest level of humiliation is to hang that one on the tree and raise him for others to see, for everybody to see. That was what Jesus went through. The Bible says everyone that hangs on the tree is cursed. So Jesus was cursed for us. See his love. So that means I would never be cursed in my life. In the mighty name of Jesus. And that, you see, there are a lot of curses working in the world. Poverty is a curse. Sickness is a curse. And the rest, all those evil things, they are curses. But Jesus was already cursed for you. See, I will never be cursed. Number two, he was shamed for us. He was shamed for us. That's number two. Hebrews chapter number 12. Verse 2. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Read the next thing. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Mm. Oh, do you know as you were reading it, I was stirred in my spirit. Who for the joy that was set before him? Joy. Joy. That's interesting. Endured the cross. Despising the shame. That means there was shame there. Despising the shame. And he sat down. Sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. You know what happened? While Jesus was talking on earth. Jesus kept talking. Telling his disciples. I'm going to die. He was, he was saying it with joy. You know some people tell you. He, was, he wasn't feeling bad. The Bible says because of the joy that was set ahead of him. So Jesus kept telling his disciples, um, the son of man will die with a smile. And he was telling them, and you know, he was just in them. And then Peter got offended. And Peter said, Master, come. And the Bible says he set him aside. And Peter started rebuking him. So don't say you will die again. You can't be talking like that. And Jesus said, get thee hence, Satan. Ah. He was looking, where is the Satan? <laughs> he thought he was trying to help. But the reason Jesus died, that was excited about dying, was because he saw us. The joy that was set. He knew what would come out of this. So he despised the shame. He thought about the shame. Listen, Jesus was a great man of God while he was on earth. A great prophet, they called him. The Bible says he was valued. You see, when he went out, a lot of people followed him. He couldn't walk alone. If they caught him, they saw him walking alone. They rushed after him. Why? 
because the bible says virtue went out of him he was anointed loaded what a different prophet they've never seen this kind of prophet before we know john the baptist is a prophet but that one did not perform any miracle but this one ah -ah. so they started following jesus they honored him he had people that gave into his ministry rich men knew him the influential they've met with him he has talked with them one of them nicodemus another one is um joseph of arimathea these are influential folks these are rich folks the bible talks about chooser that's the herald steward's wife these are influential people they had some money and they had communicated with jesus from time to time they had been blessed by his ministry so jesus was well known in fact he got so influential that the bible says herod the king had looked forward to meeting he had heard so much about jesus so he had looked forward to the day he would meet him herod brothers and sisters that same jesus was taken the bible says the time drew near for jesus now to die and he started telling his disciples some of these things with excitement they, they became sorrowful and then there's something happened and this part is quite important as i relate it with you because it has significance it has significance as he drew closer for jesus to be killed and he started telling his disciples preparing them that i will be killed you know son of man will die and he will be raised again the third day the bible says they all became sorrowful and they were looking at him because you know this one they, they were proud of him they, we are the disciples of the great great healer the great prophet so they had gone everywhere they didn't know it will only last three years so after two years ah, we've not even enjoyed this ministry how can you say you want to die now so they were feeling bad you know and the bible says jesus himself started becoming sorrowful and they got confused ah what happened master up till now he was talking about his death excitedly he was telling me i'm going to die i'm going to raise the gate so that you see me i will rise you know i will sit at the right hand of god they were like me they were just feeling bad they didn't understand any of those things but then suddenly as the time drew closer jesus became sorrowful the night he was to be betrayed he became sorrowful and then he took his disciples 12 of them said I want to go and pray he says my 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 heart is heavy i am i am really sorrowful and then they followed him ah, what is going on then they got confused what is it with master yesterday he was happy today what is going on and then he told this one says wait peter james and john you come those are the inner cookers you understand he says you come and then he went with them got to a place all right you guys you can stop here while you're here be praying I'll be back shortly. Oh, and Jesus himself stepped forward. Sorrowful. <laughs> have you ever been there? When you have a burden in your heart, something is about to happen. If you walk with the Spirit of God, you must have been there. When there's a strong burden, because something is about to happen, the Spirit of God is getting your attention, you need to set time aside now to pray. Pray. Some people miss it. Some of them, they think, yeah, I'm feeling like I need to go and rest. It's not rest. It's a burden. The Spirit of God is prompting you for something. Something is coming up. Some feel restlessness like that and they just go to their bed and lie down. Uh, uh. 
But Jesus understand this. He stepped forward. And then, the Bible, according to the Bible, he fell on his face. That burden was so strong. His heart was heavy. Somebody said, why? I thought he was rejoicing that he wanted to die. I'll tell you why. The part of the whole process that he didn't want was the dying part. Ah, I thought he was excited about dying. No, not the physical death. The spiritual death. Because the spiritual death will have to happen first for the physical death to happen. If he doesn't die first spiritually, he will not be able to die physically. And what is spiritual death? Spiritual death simply means separation from God. That's why everyone that is not born again is dead spiritually. That's why Jesus, when he was telling that man, you remember that guy that came and said, Master, I will follow you. Jesus said, okay. He said, but let me go and bury my daddy first. He's dead. Let me just go and bury him. Jesus said, uh-uh. Let the dead bury the dead. He called those who were alive dead. And he said, what they are burying is the dead. Why? Because those ones are not born again. They are all spiritually dead. He says, let them, the dead, bury the dead. A man that is not born again is the dead. Two people might be in the same room. One is born again. The other one is not born again. The one that is born again is called the living, according to the Bible. The other one is called the dead. Even if they were born of the same mother, the same parents, good friends, as long as one is born again, that one is the living, the other one is the dead. Spiritual death. That means that one is separated from God. It doesn't matter even if he says, God, I know God, I love God, I love Jesus. As long as he's not born again, he is the dead. And so Jesus, we have to come into our state because at the time, nobody was born again. It was not possible for anybody to be born again. So at that time, there was the whole world, every human being on earth was dead. Spiritual death. You see? At the time. And so Jesus, we have to take their place, our place. He had to come into, they, they had to be an exchange. Do you understand? It's called substitution. An exchange. He will take our place so that we can take his place. So he knows for that to happen, on that cross, he will have to take our place. That means he had to die spiritually. Jesus was that man, the, the, the man in the Bible that had the Holy Spirit coming in full measure. He was the first person. The Holy Spirit came in, united him with God. Made him one with God. The Holy Ghost. And now you're saying he's going to die. He had enjoyed so much fellowship with God. You know, even we now. You know, sometimes you're in your room. Oh, like that sister was giving that testimony. You're, you're just worshipping. You're enjoying the fellowship of the spirits. Oh, and you're crying. You can't understand why you're crying. The fellowship of the spirit of God. And Jesus had enjoyed this fellowship every time. Every time. It was light. Do you understand? He walked in. Darkness walks out. It was light. When he came in, the Bible, we just said it. The Bible said virtue, power went out of him. And now this Jesus was going to be separated from God. Ah, he couldn't imagine. That's the part he didn't want to do. Uh, 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 uh. That's why he went to pray. What did he say in his prayer? If it be thy will, let this cup pass from me. What cup? This cup of separation, please. <laughs> and the Bible says he didn't want it so much. He prayed and prayed until drops of sweat from his body were like great drops of blood. That's what the Bible says. 
He was. Uh, uh, he, he couldn't imagine it. Now, he's going to be associated with sinners. He never knew sin. That's what the Bible says. But now he's going to be associated with sinners. He never sinned. Now he's going to be associated with demons. He's going to be cut away from his father. For the first time, he's going to experience death, spiritual death. A life without God. You see, you have to feel sorry for those who are not born again. The Bible calls them darkness. And the Bible says they are living in darkness. That's a life without God. That's the terrible life. It can't get any worse than that. When a man has no God. And this is what Jesus will have to go and do. Why is he doing it? Love. He prayed. He was there praying. He prayed it the first time. Oh, you can imagine Jesus vibrating. How will he not sweat? He was there praying and vibrating. In tears. Let it pass. Jesus, I thought you wanted to die. Ah, uh, Jesus, what is happening to you? What is the matter? And the disciples were looking from those two disciples they were looking. And while they were looking, they started becoming sleepy. What's, what's, the, what's, what's what? You can't understand why Jesus is praying like that. Ah! And then, for so long, they slept off. Where they were, they slept off. They said, watch and pray. They slept off. And Jesus stood, gathered himself, came there. Can't you watch for one hour? Woke them up. <laughs> ah, master, sorry. <laughs> James, <laughs> master, we're sorry. We, we are sorry. We, we, we'll pray this time. And Jesus leaves them, goes back. And they started, oh, our father who art in heaven. Jesus has taught us to pray like that. Hallow be thy death. Thy kingdom comes. Thy will. Thy will. <laughs> and they slept up. Again. The Bible says Jesus went back and said the same thing. Not another thing. The same thing. If it be possible, let this cup pass from me. And again, the second time they were still sleeping. Then the third time when he got there, this time around, he woke them up. And they stumbled and said, ah! We will really pray this. And Jesus said, no. He's no longer useful. The time has come. Those who will betray me are coming. And while they were on that, Jesus said, get up, let's go. And in reality, oh, what can pain you more than when your own very disciple, those that you ate with, those that you talked with, you slept together in the same room, you prayed with, one of them is the one that is coming to betray you. One of them. And he's doing it with a kiss. And that guy sold Jesus for 30 pieces of silver. Listen, Jesus was the one that chose him. He's one of the 12. Some people get confused. They say when that pastor was calling those other pastors and anointing them, didn't God tell him that those other pastors would be wicked? Didn't God tell him that those other pastors would betray him? Didn't God tell Jesus that uh, Judas would betray him? That is life for you. That's why you have to understand how God functions. Another day's talk. The Bible says, Jesus said, have I not chosen you and yet one of you is a devil? How can Jesus choose devil and even anointed the devil? He was anointed, excuse me. Judas Iscariot was anointed. He was part of those that were sent to minister to the sick. The Bible says, Jesus gave them power and authority 
to cast out devils. So Judas Iscariot went and cast out devils. He was anointed. And now he was the one that came because of 30 pieces of silver. The Bible says because he loved money, one day the devil entered into him. You better be careful what you love so much. Because that's an open door for the devil. And then he came with those ones. And said, Master! I said, oh. Arrest him. And they go to Jesus. Hey! I like this part. When they approached Jesus, the Bible says they fell. You know, some of them still want for confirmation. They are still asking, who is Jesus among you? As dumb as they are. Jesus said, This is powerful. Jesus said, You know, if you read from the King James, the King James says, Jesus said, I am E. The word E there, you will notice is italicized. And anytime you see a word in the Bible that is italicized or in brackets, it means that it's not in the original. The translators have to throw that in so that you can understand it better or understand that sentence better. So, in the King James, they italicized E. E was not there in the original. You know what Jesus said? Jesus said, I am. I am is the name of God. The same name that God told Moses. When Moses said, when I'm going, I'm going to Pharaoh now, what should I tell them? Who should I say send me? God said, say I am. So, it's the same name. So, when they said, who is Jesus among you? Jesus said, I am. And when he said, I have, the Bible says they fell under the power. You see this in the book of John. They went under the power. They didn't know what hit them. The anointing hit them. You know what those folks did? You think when they stood up, they said, ah, let's give ourselves sense. Let's run. Let's run. They did not. They said, oh, what was that? Arrest him. <laughs> and when they were trying to arrest him, Peter in zeal took a sword and cut off the ear of Marcus. One of the servants of the chief priest. And the head came down on him. Ah, ah. Jesus said, stop that. Oh God. That's why the Bible says he humbled himself. And he took the ear and gum it. So don't do that again. Hey, hallelujah. Even at his arrest, he was still performing miracle. <laughs> Say hallelujah. Ooh, I love Jesus. And I love I to meditate on him a lot. They still took him. They saw something hit them. Uh-uh, he didn't change their mind. They saw the air that he gummed back. He did not still change their mind. They said, don't mind the guy. He's a magician. Don't mind the guy. <laughs> they still took him. They said, let's go. In reality, they took him. Koramanda Soto The very herons that had looked forward to seeing Jesus had the opportunity to see Jesus. Now saw Jesus. He said, "This is the." He was fascinated. This is the Jesus. Uh huh. He is looking at him. Nothing special, really. You know, we don't. We may not look special to you. But we carry the anointing, brother. <laughs> That's why nobody should toy with you. Excuse me. You cannot be anointed and somebody is toying with you. And they gang themselves. They said they are armed robbers. They said, stop, sister. Because you are a sister with your bag. 
that night you're going and you're singing praises to God. They say, stop! Where are you coming from? Your life is about to end now. But brother, hey, yeah, 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 yeah. Sister, hey. If you carry the anointing, yeah, we are not ordinary people. Do you understand? They look at that girl or that guy like he had nothing. She had nothing. But the girl is anointed with the name of Jesus on his lips. Name of Jesus on her lips. Hmm. Let me reserve that one. <laughs> oh! Question Jesus. First, the Bible said they took him to the chief priests and the high priests of the day. Who are, listen, these were, these were religious folks. Those that believed in God. Who are those that criticize Christians the most? Christians! Other Christians! That's why you should not join anybody to criticize any man of God. If you don't understand what he's doing, shut up. So you won't get yourself in trouble. Because that was exactly how they criticized Jesus. They thought he was different. Ah, all the prophets that came before this one did not do like this. Why is this one? His own preaching is different. His heresies. He's preaching against God. He's preaching against the law of Moses. No, we cannot accept this. So they started, you know, criticizing him. The way he does his miracle is different. Ah, how can he be casting out devils just by saying, Go! And the devils are no. They say he's casting out devils using the Beelzebub, the prince of the flies and so on and so forth. They criticize him greatly. He's even healing on Sabbath day, breaking the law. No, no, no. The Bible says in front of the high priest, they try to get witness. Come and tell us what they have done wrong. And they all tried and tried, but they could not find a witness against him. Because everything they were saying was rubbish. They come out. This man, I saw him. He was laying hands on people. They said, wait, wait. You don't have anything to say. They were saying, until two fellow. They have to be two because the Bible says in the matter of two or three witnesses, the word established. If they were not two, they wouldn't have accepted their witness. So two of them came out and said, this man said that he will destroy the temple and build it in three days. And when Jesus was saying that, what was Jesus saying? Because they didn't have the understanding. Jesus was talking about his body. That he would die and raise the third day. So Jesus said, you destroy this temple and I will raise it in three days. He was talking about the, his body as the temple of the Holy Ghost. But they didn't understand it. So they said he said he would destroy the temple and build it in three days. Ah! The priest said, no. Wait, 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 wait. Did you say that? Is that true? What temple? They thought it's their temple where they worship. You know, the, their temple, the physical one, they revered so much. Only the high priest can go inside. So they said, how can you say something like that against the temple? Of, oh, no, 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 no. They said, we have to deal with him. Did you say that in reality? He said, judging yourself. If I said that, ah, somebody, ah, give him a slap. Ah. Jesus said, what have I done? You know, Jesus did not manifest himself. I said, ah, father, enough of this nonsense. I can't take it anymore. He calmed down. Why? Because he could see you. You see his love. All this shame, humiliation that he went through. Is because of us. And then. From there they took him. To Pilate. Pilate was a sinner. Roman. They took him there. They asked him to judge. And he checked everywhere. He didn't see anything that was wrong with this man. He said, this man did not do anything to me. He went to talk to Jesus. He said, tell me. If, just tell me the truth. I, you know, I, I, can, I can deliver you. Jesus said, no, you have no power over me at all. My kingdom is not of this world. If it were of this world, my servants would have fought. 
It's true. Because when they took him that night, the Bible says his disciples fled. Everyone. They so yeah. You, you ah, pack. They so fled that one fled naked. His clothes fell off. He didn't wait to pick it. He said, yeah. You can imagine how much he cared for them. The Bible says he kept them till the hands. And yet they fled. They left him alone. No, think of all the pains. Just look at what happened before the cross itself. All the pains that he had to face. His very disciples, one denied him. That's Peter, which we will talk about shortly. Judas Iscariot was the one that sold him. The others that would have still supported and said, Master, we are by you. They fled. Everybody. They now left him by himself. They took him. You know what they did? They bound him. The very hand that healed the sick. They drew him. Pushed him. The very clothes where virtue went out of. They didn't know. He was treated like, uh, like a criminal. This was Jesus that was influential. Nicodemus did not show up. Where was Nicodemus? He didn't show up. He was looking from afar. He was seeing what was happening, but he couldn't come. He was not bold. I'm one of his disciples. He taught him his heart, but uh, he was afraid of the people. Joseph of the Arimathea, of Arimathea, that influential guy, did not show up. He didn't show up. Everybody stayed back. All those rich folks that were with him, they didn't show up. They took Jesus. He was by himself. They took him and made a shame of him in public. Took on his clothes. Stripped him of his clothes. They said, you say you are a king, right? King of the Jews, wait for your crown. And they formed crowns of thorns. And forced him, forced it into his head. Blood came out. They said, there's remaining one thing, the rope. They looked for a scarlet rope, the Bible says, and put that on him. And then now bow your knees to the king. Make him mockery of him. The Bible says some of them slapped him. I said, prophesy, you are a prophet. Prophesy. Who slapped you? Prophesy. That's Jesus. The Bible says that's the creator of the whole world. And all that time he was doing it, according to the Bible, he had his mind. He could have changed his mind. He could have said, Father, enough, I'm not doing it again. Let these people die for themselves. But he held, he was steady, he held steady. Why? He was thinking about me. He was thinking about you. He was thinking about those that would come out of this, full of the Holy Ghost, full of power, that would be reigning with Christ. With himself, with God, later on, he was thinking about this. How he loved us. And then they took him through that greatest shame. Took him straight. And, uh, you know, Pilate wanted to release him and said, Excuse me, I didn't see anything wrong with this guy at all. Uh, you know, like the custom is, if uh, I can release one person to you, either this one or Barabbas. Barabbas is a criminal, notorious criminal. So which one of them? He thought they would say, ah, Barabbas has destroyed us a lot. He has done a lot of things, terrible things. Um, no, kill Barabbas. Let's release this Jesus. It's better. No. They said, release Barabbas. Kill this one. And the guy got confused. Ah! The wife of Pilate ran and sent message to the husband. He said, tell, tell him that I've had so many troubling dreams about that righteous man. He should have nothing to do with the righteous man. Pilate knowing that. When it was time, Pilate said, all right, I'll release him to you. But can, you, can I get water? They gave him water in a bowl. He washed his hand. He says, I do, I'm not part of this. Because he knew that there was no sin in him. The Bible says in him was no deceit. 
no guile, no sin. And yet they chose to kill him. And he did not give up. He was ready to die because of us. What kind of love is this? It's called the greatest love. That a man should lay down. You know when a man lay down his life for the other fellow. Maybe he just takes poison inside his room and die. He's still different. This one was shamed before death. And then they took him through the streets. Put the cross on him. I said that's your cross. Carry it. And they took him through the streets. The very street where he was honored. He carried this thing. Straight him. And people were looking at him. The very Jesus. Wow. This is the Jesus. For some of them that had not seen him. Wow. This is the miracle worker. Ah. And then he went through. Until they took him to a place called Golgotha. And they said now it's time for you to die. Took off his clothes. Stripped him naked. And then put him on that thing. On that cross. The Bible told us about that. The fact that they used nail. And history added that the Roman nails. Is what they used. Because he was crucified by Roman soldiers. Sinners. He took the Roman nails. Roman nails are usually very fat. And thick. And long. And they drove that into his palms. Now think about when they drove the first one. Baptista! I'm no longer the son of God, please. He didn't do that. He screamed, but he did not give up. You wait one moment. Did you think Jesus didn't feel it? He was man. He felt everything. Listen, what I'm telling you is not just a story. If Jesus appeared to you now, I don't know if any one of you who had that um, vision of Jesus in this place. If you had a vision of Jesus now, you will see that all is still there. He's still there now. It has not covered up. He's still there. In his palms and in his feet. Because that thing was really thick and fat. And when you get to meet, meet Jesus, you see it. Because it's a sign of what he has done for us. And they hung him on that cross, lifted him for others to see. They saw him in shame. And many of them said, ah, I thought he said, you destroyed the temple and built, ah, what's happening? Oh, some of them said, well, call on your God now. They started mocking him while he was there. He was put in the midst of thieves. And the thieves too, they said their own. One said, uh, ah, if you are, you save yourself and save us. Why are you, if you, you truly say, are you not the son of God? The other one said, shut up. We got here because of our sin. This guy is a righteous one. And then he was lifted there. But then something happened. Something happened. While he was there, all of a sudden, it's time now. The sin of the whole world were laid on Jesus. Because now you know he was taking our place. Those who were there that day, as they watched him, they testified that his visage, his countenance began to change. The sin of the whole world were fastening on him quickly. Which includes the disease and the sicknesses, the evil, everything came on him. Because he was taking our place, our representative on that cross. 
So our sins were fasting on Jesus. Oh! And when that happened, the Father had to depart. The Bible says that God is holy. He cannot behold sin. He couldn't look at sin. So he had to withdraw. He's holy. He cannot behold sin. God. He withdrew from Jesus. It was one of a sad day. For the angels. One of the saddest day. This one got God. He was going to be separated for, from his son for the first time. The Bible says it was the word of God always in the bosom of the father. He was one with God. But now, for human beings, he had to be separated from his father. When that happened, the Bible says suddenly that happened around 12. You see, how do you know? He's in the book. The Bible says the sixth hour. A sixth hour in the Jewish calendar or counting is 12 p.m. When that happened around 12, something suddenly happened. The Bible says darkness covered the whole earth. The father separated from the son. Ha! Darkness covered the whole world. Jesus died spiritually. Died spiritually. For the first time, no more Holy Spirit for him. He was now made sin. Before I continue, Second Corinthians chapter number 5, let me show you what I'm saying. At least it will give you a glimpse. I gave you number one. He was cursed for us. Number two, he was shamed for us. Number three, he was rejected, despised, and mocked for us. Second Corinthians chapter five. Hey! Verse 19. 19 is not where I'm going, but I, I feel I should, I should touch 19. Verse 19. To wait, to be a witness, that is, that God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto himself. Not imputing their trespasses unto them. And have committed unto us the word of reconciliation. Oh God. You know what he's saying? He says God was in Christ, reconciling the world, word of sinners. He says he's not counting their sins against them. Oh, say hallelujah. hallelujah. That should make you excited for life. Verse 20. Now then we are ambassadors for Christ as though God did beseech you by us. We pray you in Christ's stead. Be you reconciled to God. For he had made him to be sin for us who knew no sin. That we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Did you see that exchange? He made Jesus to be sin for us. Where? On the cross. He became sin. The Bible says he knew no sin, but he became sin for us. So that we might become the righteousness of God. So that exchange had to take place there. And when that happened, and that separation took place, darkness covered the whole earth for three hours. From 12 p.m. to 3 p.m. Gross darkness. And people were thinking, ah, what's going on here? Uh, what, what, what's going on? We, we, we got to... Uh, we got to go now. So some of them were leaving. We, we got to go now. What is going on? Because of the darkness. But you know those that were given the duty, they still have to be there. The Bible says something happened. 
There was earthquake. We've never seen something like this before. And then some of those Roman soldiers that nailed him, the Bible says they began to believe. Said, surely this man was the son of God. Because how could? And then 3 p.m. Jesus Christ. My God, my God, why has thou forsaken me? Because the father turned his back against him and left him. Left him alone. That's the meaning of the lie, lie, like Master Bactanai. Why has thou forsaken me? He had been forsaken for us. Oh! And then it is finished. Gave up his ghost. Commanded his own death. Remember before now, he said, into thy hands I commend my spirit. He told God. He commanded his own and died. And when he died, something happened. Something happened. Remember, he had become sin for us. Something happened. Something had to happen. Immediately. Now, anyone that died, a righteous man, went straight to paradise. But the one that died in sin, or a sinner, or a sin, went straight to hell. So when he died, no more Holy Spirit. No more God. Separation from God now. What happened? Demons came to take him. He has to go to hell. He has to go and pay for us. Because that's what could have happened to every one of us. That's the penalty. The Bible says the wages of sin is death. Spiritual death, it means. So it was supposed to take, when you die, a sinner. And that's what still happens. Any sinner that dies now goes to hell. Either you believe it or you don't believe it. You know, somebody once argued and said, I don't believe in heaven. I don't believe in hell. And they say, when, when you get there, you believe. <laughs> so be smart enough. Don't wait till you get there. Because they are saying it now. Does it mean everybody is confused? Everybody is, they are telling you about heaven and hell. You said, no, I don't believe in it. So only you, you are wise. Okay. Wait till you discover. And Jesus was taken to hell. Where did you get that from? Let me show that to you. I'm not showing you something that is not in the Bible. I'm only breaking down what is in the word. Because of time. Because if we start reading all those scriptures, one after the other, night time, we will still be here. But I want to put everything together in a short minute so I can round off quickly. Do you have your Bible with you? Alright. Go to book of Acts. I want to show that to you. Acts chapter number 2. Acts chapter number 2. To put it in context. So you know who he's talking about. I'll rush through from verse 22. Ye men of Israel. Now this, this is one of the apostles talking. Ye men of Israel. Hear this words. Jesus of Nazareth. A man approved of God among you by miracles and wonders and signs. Which God did by him in the midst of you. As ye yourselves also know. Him being delivered by the determinant counsel. And for knowledge of God. Ye have taken and by wicked hands. Have crucified and slain. Whom God has raised up. Having lost the pains of death. Because it was not possible that he should be holding of it. For David speaketh concerning him. David prophesied concerning him. That's what he's saying. I foresaw the Lord always before my face. For he is on my right hand that I should not be moved. Therefore did my heart rejoice and my tongue was glad. Moreover also my flesh shall rest in hope. Because thou would not leave my soul in hell. You see that? He's talking about Jesus. Thou would not leave my soul in hell. Neither would thou suffer thine holy one to see corruption. The word corruption there is Greek. That means decay. Decay. You won't suffer me to decay. 
It's talking about Jesus. Okay. Now, verse down to verse twenty. Uh, where did we stop? All right, jump to thirty now. Therefore, being a prophet and knowing that God had sworn with an oath to him that of the fruit of his loins, according to the flesh, he would raise up Christ to sit on his throne. He, seeing this before, spake of the resurrection of Christ, that his soul was not left in hell. That means he went to hell. He went to hell. Jesus went to hell. Why did he go there? Because he had become sin for us. He had to go there. Otherwise, the payment was not complete. Remember, he was he was in our place. He was taking our place. So he had to fulfill all those things. And those demons took him to hell. How did we get this? From several scriptures, we got the picture when we put them all together. And they took him to hell. Brought him into hell. Wow. Jesus of Nazareth in hell. And you can imagine that day what it would be like. All the demons were there. They wanted to see what would happen because they knew him. While he was on earth, he cast them out. The Bible says with the finger, out! Sometimes with the word, get out! And sometimes he walked in, they walked out. They start screaming, ah! Now he said, shut up and come out of him. Hmm. Now this Jesus was brought to hell. He was brought a prisoner. Listen, he wasn't brought as God. The man, the Holy Spirit had left him. He was brought as a man, a prisoner. He came into hell. Oh, I don't have that time today. I would have read a lot of portions to you from the book of Psalms. As he came into hell, all the demons of hell, all of a sudden, they took their place. What's going on? You know, that guy is here. That guy is here. And they put him in front of Satan himself with demons holding him. Now you got to bow. You are in hell now. You got to bow. And Jesus will not bow. Satan had tried to tempt him before and said, Bow down and worship me. I will give you all these things. You remember in his temptation? Now he repeated this. I told you once to bow. That time I was offering you things. But here you have no choice. You are now in my territory. You will have to bow. Hiya. The Bible says. While Jesus was in hell, he threw off principalities. Can I show that to you? At least. Maybe I'll just show you two scriptures to back this up. They tried to make him bow. He showed him off. Oh. Colossians chapter number two. Let's do it this way first. Go to Ephesians first. Ephesians chapter number four. I want to portray something. You wonder why would You wonder why would Jesus go through all of that? Because he saw you. He saw me. Ephesians chapter number four. I want to read from the 8th verse. Wherefore he says, When he ascended up on high, he's talking about Jesus, he led captivity captive and gave gifts unto men. Now that he ascended, what is it? But that he also descended first into the lower parts of the earth. Where is the lower part of the earth? That's hell. 
The Bible says hell from beneath. So he's talking about hell. Then he says, He that descended, he is the same also that ascended up far above all heavens, that he might fill all things. Have you seen that? I just wanted to show you that to buttress. But now go to Colossians. Colossians chapter number 2. You know what we'll do? We'll read from 14th into verse into 15. Alright, everybody read it. One, two, go. The 15th verse. Does anybody have another translation? Apart from King James? Can I have... Can I have what translation is that? Okay, Amplified. We'll hear from Amplified. Which other translation? NIV. Okay, we'll hear from NIV. Alright. So, Amplified, let's hear you. God is to the principalities and power that were ranged against us and made a bold display and public example of them. He did what? He made a bold display. And public what? Examples of them. Examples of them. Okay. In triumphing over them you know the meaning of triumph victory right all right over them in him and in in the cross all right thank you very much now somebody else okay let's hear that in this way he disarmed the spiritual rulers and authorities mm. he shamed them publicly by did, did you hear that he disarmed what does it mean to disarm it means to take your armor from you what you are armed with Jesus disarmed principalities, powers. He disarmed those devils in hell. So while he was there, that means he won. You get that? He disarmed them and made a what? He disarmed them. He disarmed the spiritual rulers and authorities. Yes. He shamed them publicly. He shamed them publicly. Be <laughs> oh God. You know what is called public shame? Public disgrace. Because hell is a large one. And in hell, there are two sides. This was before Jesus resurrected. In hell, there is another side called the paradise. This is where all saints went to. That side is not a suffering side. It's a good side of hell. But it's still hell. The reason for that is because nobody could go to heaven until Jesus has paid for the redemption of all men. You see that? So when they come, the Bible calls that place Abraham's bosom. And that's why when you study about Lazarus and Abraham, you notice that the Bible says that Abraham and Lazarus um, and the rich man, you remember that rich man, that sinner? There was a gulf in between them. A gulf. You can go and study it for yourself. You'll find that in the 16th chapter, book of Luke. Begin reading from the 19th verse. A gulf in between them. This side of hell and that side of hell. The suffering side is where the rich man was crying out from. He says, Papa Abraham sent Lazarus to dip his finger to come and quench my thirst. And Abraham answered back. And said, no, son. That's not going to happen. And so on and so forth. That's because Abraham was on the good side called paradise. And here, the Bible calls it Abraham's bosom. Abraham was the landlord. You get it? And so over there, the suffering side. 
at that time because jesus had not yet taken paradise that paradise not the physical structure but the people there to heaven so all the saints that came came here all the saints that died they came to this good side why the bad ones went to that bad side do you get what is going on so oh i love how god organized this so when jesus was defeating satan all these saints saw it they were his witnesses they saw what was happening all the demons saw it and when he defeated he didn't he defeated satan himself now when the biggie is defeated what happens to the small one they are all defeated because that's the head he rendered satan useless the bible says he threw off from himself principalities he threw them off of himself that means they tried to make him bow and then he made a public disgrace public shame of them you know when you make public disgrace you just want you know that kind of disgrace and he rendered satan uses and got the keys of hell and death from him that's why in the book of revelation the bible says he says i have the keys of hell and of death where did he get it from from satan satan used to be the one in charge of death the authority over death that's why no allow death to come into your room and say i'll kill you today say jesus has the keys of hell and of death say hallelujah thank you so you see for time jesus defeated satan oh that devil was rendered useless and that's why he could come out of hell if he had not defeated him he couldn't have come out brothers and sisters all these ones we are saying we'll just be talking slow slow say don't talk don't let the devil hear you but because jesus came out how do you know oh boy something happened up here on the third day something happened something happened the bible talked about that guy that influential guy joseph of arimathea he had went to him and he came and said pilate please can i get the body of jesus you see when jesus wanted to, he didn't show up so pilate said all right because the guy was influential he knew pilate they've been having meetings you know that kind of thing uh-huh so he got the body ah I would never be poor in my life. Do you know that even Peter could not come and get the body? They loved to. But they were not as influential as that guy. His very disciples could not come to get the body. The very inside one. They were rich, but you know, they left everything and followed Jesus, by the way. And they were not that influential. So this guy was influential. He had money. So he asked for the body. And Pilate, the Bible says, Pilate commanded that the body should be given him. He took the body wrapped it nicodemus now showed up <laughs> with his spices to dress jesus nonsense <laughs> you see that's how human beings are they celebrate the dead more than the living when you are alive uh -uh. when you ask for money please help me but when mama dies they will not they will be buying clothes finally you see that's how human beings are and then they took jesus the cops the Bible says into a grave that was new. Nobody ever used that grave. That was where they took Jesus and buried him there. He's a sepulchre. And put him there. And then with nice perfume. Remember that that woman had anointed his body, Mary, before Jesus died with that perfume. Okay. So now everybody to his house 
they gone. But all that time they were doing that something was happening in hell. You see, something was happening in hell where they were carrying the body. That's what happens. Why they are carrying this rich man's body and they are dancing in the casket. The guy is suffering seriously in hell as they are beating. <laughs> but here, over here, the wives are dancing. Hey, Baba has gone. Oh, Baba. <laughs> Baba has gone to hell. Glory. Who oh, you can think about that? So his corpse was here, but the spirit was there and something was happening. But thank God he defeated that devil and he came out. Oh boy, I, I don't want to go into other things, but he came out. Let's just. And then when he came out of there, he resurrected. The Bible says, you know what he did? Those guys in paradise, he took them and says, now you are free. Go, 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 go. And the Bible says in the book of Matthew, something happened. The graves were opened. The Bible says, those that were dead arose. Commotion that day. Because that day, Abraham came to life. They arose. They were about to be raptured. So they had to arise first with their body. And you can imagine them appearing. Somebody had built a house over Abraham's grave. And Abraham just showed up in the city room. And said, hi. Commotion! Hey, hey! And the saints arose. And the Bible says after his resurrection, they were taken to heaven. So when they arose, all that was happening. Then Jesus himself... In the grave something happened there let me tell you the bible says the high priest had gone to Pilate. i spoke to Pilate and said please we need to secure that that sepulchre the mouth of it the door because i overheard when that liar that deceiver was alive he was telling his disciples that he would be raised again so let's let's seal the mouth and they took a very big stone rock and covered it and the bible says they sealed it and they were not satisfied they said we have to get soldiers so that his disciples will not go and steal his body and say <laughs> and say he has resurrected. So they got soldiers. Then these soldiers were on ships. Four soldiers in the morning, four in the afternoon. This was on ships. But the Bible says on that day, the angel of the Lord. Brothers and sisters, not the Holy Spirit, though. He's just an angel. The angel of the Lord. Not God the Father. The angel of the Lord showed up there, came from heaven. His face was like lightning. When that angel landed, they all fell down as dead. Angel. They all fell down as dead. And you can imagine what that angel would have done. Just a kick to roll away the stone. And Jesus, right there. Ah! His eyes open. He sat up. He took away that napkin. The Bible says he folded it by itself. That means he was not in a hurry. He didn't come out and say, hey, 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 hey. no, no, no. He folded. He had the time to fold it. And then he stepped out, dropped their clothes for them. And stepped out of that grave. Oh, oh, oh. You know, I couldn't stand it anymore. I had to let it go. And Jesus walked out. In that garden, the first Adam was found in the garden. He disobeyed God. This is the second and the last Adam. He had obeyed God. He's also found in the garden. So Jesus was just going about, I love Jesus. While he was there, just pausing. You know, Mary had come. Mary came there. Mary Magdalene and the other Mary. They came there. They wanted to come and complete the environment. They thought we had not completed because it's Sabbath day, so we couldn't come. So they came 
early Sunday morning to complete it. As the as she pimped him. Ah! What happened? Where is my Lord? <laughs> so an angel appeared and the angel said, You are looking for him, he's not here. Say, oh, please just tell me where you have laid him. Oh, <laughs> oh, why she was crying. Jesus from the garden, you know, walked by and said, Mary, is that so? She thought he was a gardener. Is that so? Tell me where you have laid him. Jesus said, Mary. She heard that voice. She recognized it. She turned. Jesus. Master! She ran to touch him. She said, no, don't touch me. Hmm. You know why he said don't touch me? You know they've said that is because she's a woman. So if he's a man now, Jesus would have said, after all, Jesus asked them to. He has a uh, what's that doubting Thomas? He said, Touch me. How come he's not telling this one not to touch? I want to tell you why he said not to touch me. Because at the time, listen to his word. He said, Don't touch me. Because I have not yet ascended to my father. He had come out of hell. He has been resurrected here, but he had not ascended to his father. What's he going to do with his father? He's going to present the sacrifice, his blood. In the holies of holy, in heaven. As the high priest. And as a high priest, any high priest that went into the Holy of Holies, you didn't touch him before he went in under the old covenant. Did you get that? So what's going on? You don't talk, don't touch me. He says, go and tell my brethren. I ascend to my father and your father. To my God and your God. Ah, Mary could have just said, eh? Uh. <laughs> because it's amazing. My brethren, he calls his, his disciples. He said they were friends. He told them, you are my friend. One time he said, you are my servant. Next time he said, you are my friend. But now he's calling them brethren. Ah! That means, this father has become your father also. So, he said, go and tell them. And then Jesus, with those other folks, went to heaven. Jesus presented. After he presented, his blood. While the disciples were inside, thinking about what Mary said. Hey! They said he, he has resurrected. Then he showed up in their midst. Brothers and sisters, no door. He didn't pass through the door. He didn't pass through anything. He didn't knock and say, open the door. No, he just showed up. And then he said, I'm the one. They said, go, go, go. They said, no, undo me, touch me. Now they can touch him because he has ascended. Oh, glory to God. This is all that Jesus did for us in love. He saw it ahead. He rejoiced. He knew that glory would come. And then let me show you a biggie to round this up. Then, when he appeared after teaching them, he said something. Matthew. Matthew chapter 28. Oh, Mariko You know when we preach about Jesus, some people, if they don't know this, they think we are is another religious lead, leader. Oh, Christianity is another religion. Oh, Christianity is a good religion. That's not true. It's not. Let me show this to you. Matthew 28. Verse 17. And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. 
And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, Some power. He doesn't say some power. No. All power. The Greek word for power there is exousia. It means authority. He says, All authority is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Did you notice it doesn't say in the names of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost? Singular. In the name. What's that name? The name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit is one name. It's called Jesus. The Father answers to the name of Jesus. The Holy Ghost answers to the name of Jesus. And Jesus himself is Jesus. That's the name. Now watch this. Teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. Hello, I'm with you always. Always. Even unto the end of the world. Now you've missed something there that I don't want you to miss. After he said, all power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. What did he say? Go ye, therefore. What does that mean? What does, what does that mean? Somebody said, when you see a therefore, you have to pause to see what it is there for. Now, the therefore means, I have all the power now. I'm dedicating it to you. You go. He has given that authority to us. And it says, use my name. No wonder the Bible says in Philippians chapter number 2. Wherefore God also hath highly exalted him. And given him a name that is above every other name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow. Because of its conquest. Every knee should bow. Of things in heaven, on earth, and under the earth. And that's the name that he has given to you. I will never be afraid in my life. He asks you to use that name and cast out devils. Use that name and cast out issues. You have any problem, any issue in your life, you say, today is the end. You say, I command you in the name of Jesus. Things you have to change in my hope now for the better. Struggling to get admission. Stop it. Say, in the name of Jesus. All things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. I obtain my admission in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. You're struggling to make any business work. You say in the mighty name of Jesus, business begin to prosper. Begin to prosper in the name of Jesus. That's the name that is above every other name. Hallelujah. Are you ready to use the name of Jesus? You are going to use that name in a short while. And everything will bow. Because at that name, everything bows. If there is anything you've been struggling with, an addiction or whatever, you're going to use the name of Jesus and tell it to clear off. In the mighty name of Jesus. He is Lord. He is Lord. This message was produced by Supernatural Kingdom Church. To get more of our messages, call 0816-0114-389. Thank you and God bless you.